0: The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Atlantic Files, brought to you by BasketballSocietyOnline.com and the Underdog Sports Podcast Network the number one podcast for the number one division in the NBA. And as always, you're joined by myself, your host, Alex Fishbein. So the Atlantic division has been pretty quiet um, for the most part uh, this last like week to two weeks. I know that I joined you guys for an episode just uh, this past weekend. So that that episode came out a little late. And ever since that episode, there really hasn't been all that much to really talk about, um, except for the fact that Daryl Morey, which we talked about a couple episodes ago, who was let go by Houston. Or I should say stepped down from Houston, um, is now with the Philadelphia 76ers. So the process lives on on. There's a very mixed bag of feelings that I've noticed from a lot of Sixers fans, at least a lot of the ones that I know personally. A lot of people thought that, you know, Daryl Morey should probably just uh, take over the whole GM job and just kind of kick Elton Brand out of there. Um I'm curious to see how it's going to go uh i i think it's going to be interesting with Mori and brand as kind of like a one-two punch kind of deal um uh, along with the other guys that they they brought into the front office i think it's going to be very interesting to watch uh unfold because i mean we're, we're used to seeing daryl maury uh, you know operate pretty much on his own out in Houston and he got Houston to a point where I mean they had the the longest streak of making the postseason ever since he was at uh ever since he got the job at Houston so uh, I think that Daryl Morey is a great Executive mind. I think he's a guy that's going to help the Sixers navigate a lot of the muddy waters that they're in right now in terms of where the roster's at. And I think it's somebody that's perfect for Elton Brand to learn from. So even if Elton Brand, you know, whether he keeps or keeps the job or leaves or gets fired or whatever it may be i think that learning from daryl maury in just your second year on the job is going to be amazing experience i think that's going to be a lot better experience than the guys he's been learning from last season <laughs> as we can see by uh, all the moves that were made um just saying but uh it's funny because Even with the move being made, according to Bovada Sportsbook, the Sixers are still at plus 3,000 next year to win the finals. Um, Now, we've talked about this a little bit here. We've talked about the fact that they you know, when they hired Doc Rivers, I talked about the fact how hiring a head coach is not the only thing they need to do. They need Front office changes. Um, They made a couple of them with uh, Peter Dinwiddie. And I'm forgetting the other guy's name at the moment. Um, And now they made another front office move by bringing in Daryl Morey to be president of basketball operations. So now I believe it is time to start moving the roster around. So there's... I, the with Daryl Morey coming in I think that they're going to find a lot of creative trade packages they're going to find a lot of creative trade deals that maybe they can get uh, whether it be picks or whether it be um, you know some veteran not too old of a veteran to come in and, and help the team uh, and get rid of some of their bad contracts so Obviously, there's two glaring contracts that most people are looking at to see what's going to happen with them. I believe that it's going to be a lot easier to move Al Horford's contract than it is to move Tobias Harris's. To, to, I feel like to most people that shouldn't be a surprise Because, I mean, Al Horford's is for less time and on top of that, uh, less money over that amount of time and to a team who might be rebuilding, you know, that either just started rebuilding or is still one to two years away from where they want to get to. I think that, you know, Al Horford would be the guy to go for, especially with the kind of you know veteran leadership Al Horford can bring to the team um i know that they were kind of looking for that as well on the sixers the veteran leadership part and that part didn't exactly hold any water but i think that most of the reason of that is because with a team that's already established uh one that's looking to push for a championship uh, they're, you know, making a bunch of different deals to to try and bring in different guys to, you know, push the team and keep pushing it forward. And, and two of the stars on the team that have been on the team for a long time, I think it's a little different to come in and just be, you know, be the veteran leader guy. And, hey, look at me. Do what I do. Do how I did this and do how I did that. Like, it's a little different because... These guys have been like, okay, we've made it to the playoffs. Like we've made it to, uh, you know, uh, pretty much the same places you've made it to. So you can tell us a little bit, I guess, about how like, you know, handling different press situations and stuff like that. But other than that, like what exactly are you going to teach them? Um, And – I'm not saying that's, you know, my perspective of things. I think that that's a way that, like, they probably thought about that and that unfolded because, I mean, I feel like those kind of guys you could get knowledge out of in in a multitude of ways, but you just have to be, A, willing to accept the knowledge and, B, willing to hear it out and apply the things that might be applicable. Um, <clears throat> so... Yeah, I I just think that Al Horford's going to be the easiest one to move out of the bad contracts between him and Tobias Harris because another thing is Tobias Harris is a very good player, but he's not going to be your number one or number two person on a championship team. Um, I I just don't think Tobias Harris is that guy, especially at this point in his career. I think that being this number three guy behind Ben Simmons and and, uh, Joel Embiid is going to be the only um real you, you know shot he has at getting a championship is being that number 3 guy and being able to give some steady scoring at that that uh that role um but uh, the the one good thing i think with Tobias Harris especially coming into you know this next season is the fact that they brought in Doc Rivers you know he has some experience and some history with doc rivers. He played well under doc in look at the Clippers. Um, so he, you know, could do better this year. Do I think he's going to be so much better that it's going to make a huge difference? Not really, but, um, all in all, I see Horford getting moved first. The I think the big question, which is a very big question, is now with Daryl Morey. <clears throat> you have the guy, you know, who can who can really who has re- established relationships with other GMs, other front offices. So you know, with Elton Brand, you know, he was kind of new to everything. He doesn't exactly have the relationships that Morey has, and the way that. He can deal around to other front offices. Um, with him there, now begs the question, which I think the question is going to get amplified even more so if the Sixers uh, don't you know, get up to the level of, of success that everyone's expecting, is are you going to trade Ben Simmons or are you going to trade Joel Embiid? That's your big question. Simmons or Embiid? There's a lot of arguments for both sides. Um, There's a lot of arguments against both sides. You know, Joel Embiid, the one who, you know, is missing like a third of the season every year, Um, very injury-prone guy, will he hold up? moving forward is he only going to hold up enough you know for you to win one championship and then it kind of flames out and then you have to start everything all over again would ben simmons be the guy that's going to be able to start the the dynasty for you and be able to you know sustain that over a long period of time is his jump shot going to be an issue Um, is he going to be able to be the vocal leader and everything of the team that, you know, he kind of wants to be as a point guard, as a like point forward type of player. There's a lot of questions here. And to me, I mean, you have to answer some other questions to really get down to if like which one you want, because in the long term, I think Ben Simmons is going to work out better for you. In the long term, I mean, Ben Simmons is a little younger, first off. Second off, um, yes, he has had some injuries, but he's nowhere near as injury prone as Joel Embiid. And third, yes, I know his jump shot isn't, you know, everything that everyone wants it to be and everyone wants him to shoot more threes and all that kind of stuff. I get all of that, but it just, it can be worked on still. You know, like, it's not something that he's just uh, never, ever going to learn in his entire life. And that's it. You know, where he's at is where he's at. And boom, done, over, never shooting. Like, that's not what's going to happen. And the other other end of the spectrum is also true. He's not going to become Steph Curry. He's not going to become a guy that just comes down, pulls up from three all the time. He's just not going to do it. But... In a style of play that Daryl Morey is used to building, a guy like Ben Simmons can thrive. And I think if you keep around Daryl Morey, I think the answer to this question, whether you trade Embiid or Simmons, is going to end up being Simmons. Um, personally, I like Joel Embiid more. I think he offers you a lot more offensively and um I mean he's also been like Ben Simmons just had his biggest year defensively this past season not to say he's been bad the other seasons he's played but this was his best one and don't get me wrong I think he was rightfully in the race for defensive player of the year I think he should have been a finalist but Joel Embiid has also been a very good defensive anchor over the years he's been in Philly as well and I like I said, personally, I I like Joel Embiid more. However, I think that the fact that I like him more makes me think he's probably the better guy to trade because you'll probably get a little bit more back for Joel Embiid. Um, and the reason is because you're going to probably find a team that wants to compete for a championship right now as well. And they're going to give you probably a lot of good assets to you know jumpstart what you have right now um so in the end yeah i think that the the answer to that question is probably going to be that they're probably going to trade joel and i would not be surprised at all if that's if that was the answer um because on top of that with ben simmons like you kind of know the team you got to mold around ben simmons with Joel Embiid, like, yeah, you're going to need some shooters. You're also going to need some uh, some creators off the dribble and everything like that. Um, you still need some wing defenders. Like, you're going to have to uh, really add a, a whole lot more there. Like, I think if you're going to have a guy like Joel Embiid, you also still need um, guards that, that don't exactly need the ball in their hands all the time um like guys such as you know like Steph Curry Clay Thompson would probably be perfect guys that would fit around Joel Embiid because they aren't ones that have to have the ball to score and create I mean especially a guy like Klay Thompson but the fact is Klay Thompson can fit with anybody but that's beside the point um it, it's funny to me because even with Daryl Morey gone and everything and CP3, we don't know what's going on. Uh, well, sorry, not CP3. Um, we don't know what's going on with, like, James Harden and Russell Westbrook and and anything like that. But according to Bovada, the Houston Rockets right now still have a better uh, – be- they have better odds to win the finals next year at plus 2,800. Um, I think that's interesting for a – multitude of reasons. Um because I think that, you know, with the team that Houston has right now, they're already built to play Maury ball. Uh they lost Mike d'antoni which I think was probably the perfect coach for that style of play as well. Um and so I just kind of struggle to see Houston doing as well as they did this season. Um, I think that there's going to be a lot of changes in Houston, not only the Daryl Morey and the coaching change, because now that they are built specifically for small ball, like they have no wiggle room. So I think that they're going to have to make some deals that they're going to bring in some people that they can change up the style of play if need be because right now you're stuck pretty much at one style of play. That's the only style you're going to play. And if that doesn't work out, you can't really go to much else. So they have some decisions to make down in Houston. Now, one thing that has been brought up I think it was by Stephen A was that the Sixers with Daryl Morey now should trade for James Harden or just figure out a way to get James Harden to Philly the thing is I think I see James Harden I don't know I want to say that I think I see James Harden fitting more with Joel Embiid than he does with Ben Simmons Mainly because a lot of what James Harden has done and what he was used to was him, you know, having the ball most of the time, chopping dudes up, and then, you know, either shoot or assist. Like, that was really what it came down to. There wasn't exactly any actions. I mean, there was some pick and rolls and stuff like that, which, I mean, Embiid would be good with a pick and roll. Um, except I continuously watch Joel Embiid set picks and I continuously get pissed off because I think that they're like the worst picks I've ever seen. Um, like there's all, every time I, I see it, I almost never see any contact. The only time he was setting good screens was when he was doing them for JJ Redick on the, the screen and handoff play that they ran all the time but whenever he screened for Ben Simmons or or whatever point guard was handling at the top of the key he almost never screened the guy and none of those plays ever worked but sorry I digress (laughs) um I kind of see him working out better with Joel Embiid just because you know when he doesn't have like the space and everything at least Joel Embiid would be down low um you know he'll still have his post area to work in whenever James Harden you know is tired or whatever it may be or maybe he just doesn't want to start cooking yet he can just pass it down low to Joel Embiid let him do what he does but with Ben Simmons I I just Joel uh, sorry James Harden I just don't see him as much of a catch-and-shoot guy. And with Ben Simmons, I think that's somebody you really need to have. Now, Ben Simmons isn't awful off the ball, even though he can't really shoot. But his strong suit is definitely still on the ball. And, you know, creating those passing lanes, finding the really hard-to-reach... you know, spaces to, to get guys open and, and get some assists. And while, I mean, that kind of thing would be great for a James Harden because, you know, he'd be finding him in, in wide open situations. It, over these years, we've watched Harden. You just don't really see him as a, you know, spot up, uh, catch and shoot kind of player. Um, I think that, you know, people like bradley beal i've talked about clay thompson already we already know he would fit there as well uh buddy healed um i mean you even got um trying to think of people off the top of my head i mean any any kind of guy that's really like a catch and shoot type of player is going to thrive next to ben simmons especially if you have at least 2 of them. However, that's not the only thing you can surround Ben Simmons with. Let's be, let's be clear about this because you need somebody that is going to create on top of still can be a catch-and-shoot kind of player. So in that regard, you know, maybe Harden's going to work. The only thing that worries me about Harden is the fact that Ben Simmons still needs the ball. We watched the Russell Westbrook and and Harden experiment work, you know, relatively well. Um, They didn't really get to, you know, as far as they got, The season before but it it definitely worked you know a little bit better they they it it worked better than they originally started as well because when the whole thing started it kind of looked like a mess Westbrook was kind of running around looking like a chicken with his head cut off and uh, Harden was still doing the normal things that he was doing and it just really wasn't all working out and then they finally both you know kind of settled down you know, gotten to a rhythm with each other and it took off from there. Um, there would definitely be that kind of learning curve with Harden and Ben Simmons. Excuse me. Um, this whole idea, I think just has a lot of flaws with it. Um, but I know I can tell you that if Harden did come to Philly that on Bavada they would definitely have Philly as much higher chances to win a finals than Houston. I can tell you that much at least. Um, <clears throat> But so just to kind of wrap up the whole Daryl Morey to Philly situation, I think that it's an overall plus philly fans should be happy about it it's going to be something that you know will definitely allow them to make more moves it will allow them to really explore other um you know trade options free agency options i think that Maury working alongside Elton Brand is going to be a good a good thing in the short term because you know, Maury brings his experience and brings everything he's done at Houston along with him. But I think it's also going to be a good thing in the long term, uh, depending, I mean, not depending, but either whether you keep Maury or brand at that point, because then, you know, brand being one that uh, being pretty new, um, he learns off of Mori. learns a lot of different, you know, like little things working with other uh, GMs around the league and working with some of the, uh, uh, you know, intricacies of the job, I should say. So overall, I think it's a very big positive. Um, so kind of moving on. Uh, like I said, there hasn't been much going on around in the NBA. Um, the they, they did come up with a start date uh, that the NBA proposed to the NBPA, and... It kind of got shot down. I mean, I don't think it officially got shot down, but a lot of star players talked about not playing for the first month. They're just going to sit out if that's the case. The start date they proposed was December 22nd, and a lot of players, one of them being LeBron James, um said that you know if that's the case they're not going to play like the first month. And honestly, I don't really blame them. A lot of people are saying like, "Oh, suck it up. Like you you play basketball for a living. You get paid millions of dollars. All that kind of stuff." But if we're being honest, these guys put a lot of stress on their bodies. Uh, the the you know, this game is very rigorous especially with the way that, you know, they were playing through the whole, almost a whole season. They took this big break and then they had to go into the bubble, you know, with no, until like the playoffs, uh, like pretty deep into the playoffs. No family, no friends, anything like that inside the bubble. Um, You're just kind of like locked away (laughs) playing basketball and that's it uh, amidst a pandemic, you know, civil unrest an election year, um, tons and tons of things going on. And then you want to turn back around and have them come back and play in two months. I see why they would say they're going to sit out the month. I mean, if you said that to anybody else, I'm pretty sure they would have the actual same answer especially the if those people were in that situation. Um like take you know like take a teacher for example like if you took a teacher throughout this whole pandemic thing, you know, and had them going through all this rigorous uh coursework and stuff and going from hybrid to Online classes to everyone in school to then people getting Corona and coming back to online classes and doing all of that. And then they said, OK, like summer break's just going to be, you know, June and half of July. Got to come back midway through the ju- July. No, they're going to be rightfully upset. And so are the NBA. <laughs> they like it's it's asking a lot. To come back on December 22nd. And start a brand new season. Whether it be shortened. Or regular length. Um, Especially because. They're talking about keeping the play in game. For the playoffs. So that's an extra game there. Um, Could be extra two games I believe. So. With all that being said. I just don't see the season starting. Until at least the new year. Um, December 22nd would be cool because then you would still have your Christmas day games and that's, you know, the NBA's big thing. You know, like football has Thanksgiving and uh baseball has like what, I guess 4th of July. Um I don't really know what hockey has. I don't think they have like that special day where it's like, "Hey, games all day." Um but you know what I'm saying? The NBA has Christmas Day. I don't think it's really going to happen. I think it's going to start in the new year and You know, it really is what it is, but I think that that's what's going down. Um, But I want to leave you guys with something quick here. I want to leave you guys with a little uh, what I'm thinking about betting. So on Bovada, we have the Lakers as the favorites to win the championship next year at plus 300, then the Clippers, um, then the Warriors, then the Bucks then we got the Celtics and the Nets with a uh, Miami down there as well. I think I'm I might place a little money on the Boston Celtics as well as probably the Toronto Raptors because those two teams could make some good moves. They could make some decent moves and be right in the mix with everybody there. They they are already Two very good teams. Um, Obviously, there's a little bit going on with the Raptors and uh, maybe or maybe not re-signing Fred Van Vliet. Um, You can hear more about that in the last episode that we had. But these are two teams in the Atlantic as well as in the East that, you know, you make a couple moves and not even a couple, maybe make one key move. And that's a full-fledged championship contender. Um, I mean, we watched the Celtics come very, very close to it in the bubble as well. So, you know, Jason Tatum's getting better. Jalen Brown's getting better. Kemba's still going to be just as good as he was. Uh, Gordon Hayward is going to, I mean, they might ship Gordon Hayward for something that could really push them over the edge. And then, boom, I think that they're going to be right there. And I feel like a lot of people are probably sitting here listening to this and saying, wow, you're not going to bet on the Sixers to win the championship? And uh, no, I'm not, because I am just not a believer right now in the fact that they would win a championship. Um, I hope. (laughs) I, I hope. But unless I see something, you know, drastic change, after this Daryl Morey move, I don't. I'm not putting money on that. I'm not putting myself through that torture. <laughs> I'm just not doing it. But we'll see. And if you guys want something fun, by the way, I thought it was kind of cool. Bovada even has some odds for the presidential election, so you can even make some some bets on the presidential election. I just think that's kind of funny. Um, but just because I never thought of ever betting on a presidential election before. But, I mean, that's up to you guys, obviously. It's your money, not mine. (laughs) So uh, make sure you guys check that out. Anyway, that is it for me. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Atlantic Files, the number one podcast on the number one division in the NBA, brought to you by BasketballSocietyOnline.com and the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. Thank you guys for listening, and I'll catch you guys next week. Peace.